Oh, hey, you guys. It's Kilowatt. I am currently driving my car. Once again, illegal, but I'm kind of a rebel. So truthfully, I'm just going to put this little, like, well-placed scarf over my thing. I feel like I got a nice little system worked out. We'll see how this sounds, because it could sound like shit. In which case, my bad. I'll just delete it and re-record. Um... So, I want to talk about the helpers. Let's talk, let's talk about the helpers. Because there are always people in this life who will be willing to stand and assist you at any given moment. Um, My life specifically has been lined with many helpers. And I feel like I wanted to take a moment and appreciate the people in my life who have have always like supported me and loved me and truly wanted the best for me. Um, because it's come to my attention that that some of the people that have been there for me are feeling somewhat unloved. Okay, so let me just I'll be right, I'm just gonna light this. It's a cigarette, and that is not good for your health. In which case, I'm actually quitting when I get my own place because I won't be able to afford cigarettes. So there's that, which, you know, like it can only be good thing. Truthfully. I just, I really enjoy like having one. So hold on. Okay. So, uh, periodically throughout this little podcast, I shall be, uh, smoking a cigarette, driving, and taking random sips of my Rockstar, all while trying to avoid getting arrested for driving while on my phone. Um, (laughs) Although technically I'm using a hands-free device, and it is actually just my phone in my shirt. (laughs) It's very complicated. You wouldn't understand. Anyway. Um, Okay. Like, I'm, I'm just rambling. I'm sorry. I'm really, I'm really tired. So I mentioned that, um, I had a lot of feelings like that. I couldn't put into words and it's been pointed out to me that many of my texts are cryptic, cryptic, like my cover photos, like not always directed at one particular human, like oftentimes just feelings that come and go and like things that stand out to me like uh like there's this woman who I I counseled once on a 33 as a passenger I was actually driving um a 33 that day but I was riding the 33 specifically Dale's bus uh the day that I left my keys at Clackamas Town Center or community college and they like through the help of dispatch they located my keys with a driver who was willing to run in and go check the women's bathroom um and then like bring it down to the transit center and leave it in there so all that was left to do was collect my keys and just like ride a 33 to the end of the transit center and pick them up and go home well this one particular woman i i spoke with was losing her fucking mind she had finally got up the nerve to leave a man who was abusive to her and had openly cheated her, like cheated on her. He was like actively emotionally abusing her as well as mentally and financially. 
And like everything that she told me qualified her to get some type of really good lawyer who would help her get everything, right? But at the time, she was on her way to a woman's shelter. And I was trying to explain to her, like, right now is going to suck. What you're about to do is going to be harder than you've ever done. And everything that he ever told you is going to feel like he was right and you're never going to win. But as someone who has left an abusive marriage, specifically psychologically and emotionally abusive marriage, I can tell you, and that's my first marriage, not my second. My second's fine. Um, it's the thing I do. Sometimes I get married. Anyway, <laughs> I was telling her, though, I said, look, like this is coming from someone who has left an abusive marriage. And I'm going to tell you right now in the beginning, everything's going to suck and it's going to feel like he was right. And he's, and it's going to feel unfair and it's going to feel like he's never going to get his just rewards. And, and the truth is it comes through karma because eventually that, that toxic type of person will burn every fucking bridge that they've ever made in their life and everybody that's ever meant anything to them and everything that they think is solid will eventually fall to ashes. And there will be no one for them to blame but themselves. And they're going to try to blame everybody else. But the nice part is, is that you know that you're not the downfall of that human. They were, they were attempting to be your downfall and you're going to stand past that and you're going to grow and you're going to make a fucking badass life. And I told her this on the 33. Well, like I ran into her while I was driving the 33 and she was well-kempt. But she looked like part of her spirit had died and she had her wedding ring back on her finger and I picked her up at the same spot she got on when she was leaving her husband and she wouldn't speak to me. And I realized deep down that she had probably gone back to him. And so I posted something of the nature like I just didn't need to be saved from, like I didn't need to be saved. I just needed someone that I couldn't, I didn't have to be saved from. Um, and that was meant for her like that. Like, I don't say that these things are, but they're all themed in a romantic sense because I'm ruled by Venus. Like my chart is literally focused on love, balance and beauty. Okay. So a large part of me, especially the one that I project to the outside world is going to be focused on relationships. That's just how I fucking am. Like that's my life energy. Now, am I going to be able to explain that to someone who feels like they're the focus of my attention romantically and they're going to feel like I'm bullying them, cyber bullying, you know, like making other people feel a certain way. And you know what? When, when they said that, I said, you know, you probably have a point. So I'm going to get on here and I'm going to make a moment where I say that, that my husband, Brent, and yeah, he's still my husband. We're not divorced yet. Like I'm not dating. I'm not on the market. I'm not looking to be on the market. It's complicated because I, I fucking love that man. Like I really fucking love him because of everything that he's shown to me when it comes to just being a steadfast type of love. Now, why are we not getting divorced? Because Jacob really needs like this counseling. He needs the therapy and he needs all the time. And you know what? Maybe my heart's not ready to decide to leave him for good. Like we're both kind of in that place where we still love each other, but we're so bad for each other. And mainly I'm just bad for him. Like I just make his life hard. 
And I need to get to that place where I can grow into my own, like, single type of mindset where I can hold my own because I'm very dependent. Like, codependency is a thing. And um, specifically, I have a, a really hard time you know, making my own bills and, and doing certain things that require steps and answering emails and phone calls and like switching over W2. Like I have a hard time with that specifically. And I have a very strong feeling that it has, you know, ties to executive function, which is like an actual thing with autism, which is one of the reasons why I'm struggling to get diagnosed. Um, Holy shit, it is so fucking cold out. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Too cold to smoke. Um, so I don't know if you can hear me. And if this sounds like shit, like I'm almost tempted to like stop it and restart. Um, okay. I, I've always had someone to look out for me. Um, be it my mom or Brent or, you know, my, my boyfriend in between Brent and Brad. Like, actually... Brad squared, Brad Hole. He's a lovely human, married to a lovely woman named Verity, and I hope they have like the best fucking life because I think they're amazing people. And I've never met her, but if he loves her, I'm certain that she's a lovely human. So I wish them nothing but the best, okay? Um, and that that's something that I like. I genuinely feel on a core level towards all the people in my life whom I've loved. Um, and that's a handful of people because I don't just run around falling in love with fucking anybody. Um, but I've been very disappointed in someone that I loved and gave me a son, my very first husband, because while he displays this, this image to everyone else that he's here for Jake and he's gonna, you know, show up, like he quit his job and moved up to Oregon at the very first sign of like, you know, pushback okay like you can't be an openly aggressive human who picks fights with fucking everyone and is difficult and frustrating and takes a ton of fucking patience you can't require people around you to be patient with you while you demand nothing but perfection from them at some point especially people who you've hurt in the past and hold a little bit of resentment like a lot of resentment I have a lot um because I found it in myself to, to like forgive him for everything all of the bullshit all of the fucking drama I, I found it in my heart to forgive him because I saw or what at least that he was displaying to me that he was there for our child but in truth I think like a lot of it is is his wife I think Robin has been there for him I think that he put a lot of the weight on her shoulders and I think selfishly, he wanted to take the credit for that. And I think he displayed a lot of things to me that were done by her. And she's like a loyal, steadfast woman. So she's going to fucking defend him to the death. But I'm going to tell you right now, straight up from jump, I fucking called it. I actually got angry with him when he was discussing boys' homes. And like where he could drop Jake off until I could get a place. And I said, why would you possibly leave him in a fucking kid's home. Like, why not just keep him in Ohio? But I'll tell you why he didn't. Because he's fucking to his limit. He's over it. He's tired. It's exhausting to have a very, um, like, a special needs kid. Not so much 
mentally, but more so emotionally. And he needs a lot of focus right now because of all the fucking trauma he's been through. And so, yeah, it's exhausting. It's exhausting on marriages. I know like mine is, is struggling. His is, was struggling and falling apart until he was able to get me to agree to take Jake back. And so I said, you know what? Like, you're right. He does need a lot of fucking therapy and my insurance covers it. And it's better to just have him here in Oregon. So if you're so focused on getting him the best therapy that he needs as soon as possible, then let's fucking do this. Like, and I was actually like looking forward to co-parenting and I was so thankful and so happy that we had actually gotten to this place in time to look past our differences and we were just going to fucking be there. And then this guy, like first fucking doctor's appointment is asking about, you know, well, can we get him home? like a home in a boys unit for like on-site counseling and like he can like reside there like residential care and the psychologist said like look he just had a major move at this point we'd like to just evaluate him and see if maybe the move helped his behavioral issues and if they continue inevitably they're going to resurface and we'll we'll take that action but for now it is like standard for us to take a moment to see if maybe a change of environment is good. I mean, we've all been in a very heated argument and left the room and taken some time away. And while nothing actually changed, we just changed our environment. Our mentality changed. Our perspective changed. We were able to calm down. We disconnected. It was, there's a lot of introspection that happens when you make a major move like that, which is why it's recommended in order to truly know yourself to either go on like, some type of sabbatical or like move far away from your, you know, your comfort zone. I think neuroplasticity has a lot to do with it. We have synapses in our brain that continually refire and produce the same patterns, sequential patterns. And as creatures of habit, we naturally do the same things. You'll find um, there's been studies of like people who've stood outside subways for weeks and months to document that every Tuesday it's like 50% more likely that this particular person passing at this very same time and day will pass by in like a red shirt and like they proved it. So neuroplasticity is something where you are to take your brain and rewire it by doing something completely out of your norm. You do something that is a little bit different from your ordinary routine to break the habit and the neurosynapses that form in your brain and you reprogram your brain by doing different activities like you'll wake up and maybe instead of taking a nice hot shower you take a fucking cold shower and you go for a run instead of a run maybe you have you know oatmeal and just sit and meditate like you need to keep it fresh there's a reason why it's important to do that it's so that your brain can expand and develop new neural pathways so you can expand your consciousness and it's proven by, um, fuck if I know, I'll have to find the name. I'll, I'll tag it in the tags in the podcast. But, um, that, that particular thing is, is like very powerful and, and, and prominent and, in behavioral change. So it's completely logical for the psychologist to ask that we give it a minute before we request some type of re- like, you know, residential care. Um, now that being said, 
Brad was extremely frustrated with that because he told me from jump, he was really only looking to stay here until like February maximum. And I said, you know, I never said that. I actually optimistically said, you know, end of February, beginning of March. And he was like, well, you, you said beginning of February. And I was like, no, like I'm just trying to get, you dropped everything on me about moving Jake up here. And I was literally just talking out of my ass. I said, realistically, if I sit with my finances, I'm going to need at least until like March or April. Like I need time because I'm going to need to get someplace where I can actually get into that I can afford. And, and that might have a roommate and I need to find someone I trust. I need to find a place that's safe. And he was very frustrated at that notion, but he said, you know what? Fine. Like I'm, I'm possibly going to end my marriage for this, but it's for Jake and I'll do it. Fucking week one, dude, you show up to the meeting with the counselor and the psychologist and me and Jake, we're all there in a room and he's pressing the psychologist to oversee change of environment to just, you know, like look at his past behavior and put him in a kid's home. Well, that was unsuccessful. So he was impatient and frustrated with that and decided that he would maybe take another approach. And that was to cause a lot of drama, be extremely frustrating to deal with, absolutely impossible to talk to, and then start name calling. And when you threaten my fucking mother with being able to see her fucking grandchild because she's not doing what you want her to do, we're going to have some fucking problems. So I'm going to stuff that away until the next time we talk because I'm not into making drama on Christmas, but the day after Christmas... It's fucking on, dude. So I'm sitting there and I'm talking to Brad and Jacob has told me that his dad has been very abusive to him emotionally, psychologically, physically. And these are all things that are coming into light. And I'm realizing that maybe there was an actual reason for CPS to show up at his doorstep. And maybe it is just by the grace of God that my kid fucking found his way back to Oregon and we were going to make it happen. I decided after a lot of name calling from Brad to Jake that I was going to fucking say something. And Brad was trying to make it sound like Jake was high and that maybe he snuck away on Christmas and got high because he snuck into his dad's house when my mom dropped him off before she dropped some presents off to a friend. And um, he was insinuating that he thought Jake was high. I said, no, I don't think that it has anything to do with that. I think it has a lot more to do with the fact that Jacob told me you, you call him a dumbass every fucking day. You tell him that you kill, that he killed his dog, you know, like fucked up shit. You don't tell a kid. I said, I think it has a lot more to do with the fact that you're like kind of bullying him. And you know, that's a nice way to put it. Okay, bullying. But if you're a fucking parent and your kid feels like you're bullying them, that's not being a bully. That's called being abusive to your fucking child. And as his mother, if you think for a fucking moment, I will allow you to come over to my house and just take him from me because you're angry at him after he told me what you do when you're angry at him. You're higher than a fucking kite, dude. You've gone off the rails. And I'll tell you right now, that's never going to fucking happen. 
So Brad got angry that I mentioned to him that Jacob felt he was bullying him. And he said, you know what? This is bullshit. I'm just going to go back to Ohio. And I said, okay, go back to Ohio. And I hung up the phone. Then he proceeds to send me a list of text messages that says, I'm sorry, I can't do this. I've given everything for him. You are an amazing mother and I trust your abilities to parent him and get through this time. He's basically just leaving this kid with me. And I'm not even, I, I had actually asked him, look, dude, please don't just come up here and try and ditch him in a boy's home and then leave me financially strapped because my landlord and my husband have openly said they do not want Jake living with us because of the behavioral issues. He needs a new space with just me so that I can get him like straight with a psychologist. Like he, we need time. And this fucking impatient, narcissistic bastard fucking comes into my life, drops my kid in my doorstep, threatens my fucking mother, and calls me a crazy money-hungry bitch. There's some fucking karma coming to you, buddy. I fucking hope that I get to name the fucking truck that hits you. And I'll tell you what I'd name that fucking truck. I name that truck happiness. Because at this point, you're a fucking dickhead. And everybody here thinks so. And everybody here cannot wait till you fucking leave Oregon. Get the fuck out of our life. Like, seriously. All you've done from fucking jump brought drama to my goddamn doorstep. There were threats to call the police for what? They're going to show up and see what? My kid sitting on the couch hanging out with his sister? Sorry, this is like, uh, like I should probably have forewarned you. Like, I'm going to tag it rant. Um, but yeah, like let's focus on the helpers. (laughs) The helpers would be my friend, Jen, my friend, Carol and Tim and, um, Cheney. They, they straight up were there like on the fly. Brad is flying down to 13 to come steal Jake back because he's under the assumption that he still has primary custody, which isn't accurate. In our, in our modification agreement, we said we would revisit it after a year and it never happened. So it just sort of sitting there in limbo. Like there's, there's really nothing that's actually current. And it's, and I have texts that tell everybody that you wanted to leave him here just two days ago, maybe even yesterday. Honestly, I'm very sleep deprived. So it's very possible that just yesterday you're telling me that I'm going to be a great mom and I can handle it and you have faith in me. And then the very next day you start out by saying you're coming to get Jake until I get things handled. What's your game plan, buddy? You're acting like a fucking psycho, okay? You're just bananas right now. You just went batshit crazy in the scope of 24 hours because I refused to talk to you on the phone through our son because it was getting really weird and kind of abusive. And I was like, you know what? I'll just text you later because this is definitely not a memory I want him to have. And he just said, okay, fine. I'll call the cops then. Like, go ahead, drama queen. Fucking Beyonce, live your fucking shit. I guarantee you the cops would show up and be like, what is the problem? You know that we have people out there who are trafficking other people. Why are we wasting our bullshit time on this stupid drama? So then Brad says he's going to come out and get Jake. And at that point, like, I don't want the cops and my kids. So I just take my kids and my dog and I fucking flee my home. I'm supposed to be going to work and I have this fucking bullshit drama coming on. 
Yeah, FMLA, that's for my fucking child's mental health, okay? Because if he had to sit there and see cops and his dad and mom, but like, I'm not going to fucking do that. He just got out of a fucking children's hospital. So yeah, this would qu- this would qualify under FMLA for fucking sure. So I'm sitting here just like, oh my God, I can't. I can't handle this shit right now. I leave with my kids and my dog and we flee, okay? Moments after we leave, Brent is locking the gate up. Guess who comes barreling into the driveway? And, and parks his car behind Brent so that he can't leave because let's talk about power plays, you fucking asshole. Like, I don't know what kind of human out there blocks another person's car in there and comes at them aggressively trying to say that they're going to do something that will devastate their life. Like, there's a lot of ego play here. And it's very, it's very obvious to me that this guy's fucking off the rails and losing his goddamn mind. And I couldn't be more thankful to have him leave Oregon. Like, fucking go. Nobody wants you here. Literally, all you've done is just cause drama. You've caused hardship, financial hardship, emotional, mental. Like, just fucking go, dude. So, yeah, this is me fluffing my goddamn mother feathers and having an online rant about this fucking asshole. So, yeah, I love all the people in my life who've been special to me, but this fucking guy's got a place in hell for sure. And if I can't fucking find the grace and love inside of me to understand where the fuck he's coming from, you're a fucking pill. And I want to I wanna understand it, but I don't think I will in this life, truthfully. Like, I'm so heated about it. Anyway, I'm, I'm like driving with my children and my dog and I have no place to go and I don't know what to do. And we don't want, we don't want to bring the trauma to our families anymore. Like they've dealt with enough. So I'm sitting here like, Oh my God, where do I go? What do I do? And, and all I could think of is like, I'll just go to Cheney and Tim's because I know that they're really good parents and I know that they have a safe place and we'll just go there and we'll just sit and like, maybe we can just stay there for a couple hours until the, you know, everything dies down. So I go there and like straight up, Tim and Cheney are sleeping there as parents to three children and one particular tiny, cute little baby. They don't sleep a lot. Tim works crazy hours to support them. Cheney is always working hard to give her children the best life. And she's very social and like an amazing wife and mother. And I just aspire like to have that kind of energy one day. And so I said, like, where's the safe place for me to go? Like, they're right down the street. I'm going to go there. I'll go there. So I messaged them, and they're, like, straight up, they were about to take a nap. (laughs) I felt so bad. So I was like, can we just, like, come in and let my dog pee in your backyard? Like, can we just sit in our car, and you guys can nap, and then, like, my dog will be in your backyard? Because I have no place for us to go right now, and it's, like, really traumatic. Like, this is... I had to literally just like grab my shit and go with my kids because my ex-husband was like coming to stir the pot. Like, and that's not what we need. And I fucking guarantee you I will be bringing this up to the counselor to fucking record this. Because I had to sit there and ask my husband, when is it safe for me to bring my kids home? And he said, honestly, I don't know. But like, I'll meet you at Tim and Cheney's because like... I don't know if he's coming back and like, I guess he was following Brent in the car for a little while. Like he had to like lay low until Brad gave up and went home. And then guess what he does when he goes back home to his, his dad's house. This is Brad. He goes back to his dad's house 
and he opens the door and tells his dad, I'm going to throw all of Jake's stuff away now. I'm going to take all of his shit to Goodwill. Let's talk about abuse, you fucking asshole. Because that's exactly what you fucking are. That is extensively abusive. That is equivalent to somebody leaving an abusive relationship and, and finding that all of their shit has been burned. It's like warfare, okay? You're not a safe place to land. As a parent, you are supposed to be the safe place for your children to fucking land. Yes, you give them guidance. And no, you don't disrespect them and abuse them and mentally like scar them. That's not what we're here for. Jacob is not yours to own. He is your child. And he's only in your life for a small period of time. And you've done nothing Like recently, you've done nothing but fucking make it a living hell for him. And part of me kind of wonders why he ran away to begin with. Part of me wonders why he needed the drugs to fucking get away from you. Because truthfully, if I had to deal with your stupid ass and all of that fucking bullshit that he told me about, I'd run away too, dude. I'd fucking run away too. So yeah. I'm mad. I'm so mad. And I and I was I was actually so angry and livid for such a long period of time tonight that I like I just like pushed it down and I wanted to focus on the helpers and people that that have helped me. Because when you're surrounded by the fucking chaos that this fucking Satan asshole brings, you turn around and you look at the angels. I think my fucking sky above and the Lord that rules it or made it or whoever is there. Whoever is looking out for me and my children, thank you for pushing us out the door 30 seconds before Brad came to start the fucking drama. Thank you for that. I want to thank Brent for standing there and playing dumb because Brad's a fucking asshole and wanted to be aggressive and confrontational and start a fucking fight. This has been the hardest fucking month of my life and I don't know how to say that because in in the span of one month I found out that my child had been traumatized and I was gonna have to find extreme counseling and like relocate him and then not only that but relocate myself and then figure out what to do with my other child and like just just a lot like that like a fucking lot And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. But throughout the course of the night, we had people like Cheney and Tim open their door to us. Like they, they let us come into their home and we all had dinner together and we all just kind of laughed off like the weirdness of that. And we let the kids play and just forget the weird drama and the dogs got to play. And it was like a nice sanctuary. It was a safe haven. And I'll never, ever forget the kindness they extended to us tonight. My friend Carol, when I told her I needed to find a place, she was like interviewing every client that came into her office. She works at a bank and she does refinance loans and she was interviewing everybody there to see if anybody was renting out a home. My friend Chrissy, she needs a a new place to live. And she said, you know, I could, I could, I could move quickly. Like if you need, we can move quick. We could do this. Like whatever you need, let's go. We got this single moms unite okay like because it's about to go down but the beauty of it is that I'm not really gonna have to be a single mom because I still got a dude on lock helping me and while he's not gonna be there 
with Jake, it's mainly for primary focus of our other child to keep her safe, to keep some type of normalcy, to have a safe landing pad in case Jake does have to go to a residential home and like things don't work out. Like he's being the constant that he knows how to be. He's the guy that pushes the shopping cart back to the fucking carts. He's the guy that like unlocks the car immediately when he sees me walking to it. He's the guy who's always there for a fucking night terror. Every night terror Braylon's ever had from the first fucking night to now. He's the only one that knows how to calm her down. He knows how to bring her back. He sat with me while I was terrified and didn't know what to do with my child who was obviously petrified. Like really scary shit. He's been there for me when my best friend died. He's been there for me when I fucking got a DUI and couldn't work for a year. Like, this guy is a solid man. And I'm so sorry that I allowed my disappointment in the situation to flavor how I felt about him. But there's a reason why I love him. And there's a reason why I don't want to let go of it just yet. But I am going to fucking focus on my kid. And that's why my relationship status says it's fucking complicated. Like, I have a lot of feelings about all of it, and I love my family, and I love everybody that's come to help me. I love everyone that's been there for me. Corey from fucking Giving Hope Northwest has done nothing but been, like, a solid friend and confident and, like, and just, like, offered up words of wisdom. And and Roy, you know, like, solid dude in my darkest nights. Um... I have a lot of beautiful friends like there's Matt and and you know Michelle and and just like Gigi like I have I could continue like it goes on and on tonight I was able to go see my friend Kirsten and she is like the most amazing mom and beautiful wife and just like a loving spirit and an amazing daughter and sister and just a great human and I'm so fucking thankful that I've known her and like Like, I keep getting surprised with these beautiful friendships that just show their way to me, and I don't know how I deserve it. Like, I don't know how I deserve these friends. Like, I'm so bad at being a friend. I try so hard. Like, tonight, okay, for example, my friend Jen, it's her son's birthday tonight, okay? They just bought him a new car. I had no fucking clue because I've been so detached and focused on my own, like, little melodrama. And they just got out of debt and they're about to buy their first home and they're doing so well. And like, she's just, she's happy and she's like flourishing. And I'm, I'm so grateful for her strength as a woman to just observe and know that she can still be a spiritual facet in her family's life. She'll sage. She's got crystals. This bitch is fucking cool. And, and she's the first person to tell someone to fuck off that wants to be racist. Like she's amazing. And, and I was afraid that if I brought Jake back home, Brad would be here. And I, I asked her, I said, can Jake sleep over? Can he sleep over tonight? I'll come get him in the morning. And she says, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be at Dave and Buster's for Dom's birthday. And I didn't even know it was his birthday. Like the level of like me being oblivious and like distracted and unaware of other people's lives is really frustrating. I wish I, I wish I had that. I wish I could focus on that. And I try really hard to keep focused on that, but I just want to be that friend where like, even if I'm really bad at that, I want you to know Jen and Chaney and Carol and like 
fucking everybody that's been there for me. If you ever need anything, you can call me and I'll be there. I will always be there because of the fucking love and, and strength that you've given me as a human. That goes the same for my mom and, and for Jim and like, you know, family members everywhere. Like I just, I'm a hyper-focused individual, so I can literally see one thing at a time. And there's certain things I'm good at, like multitasking and being everywhere at once while I'm in motion. And I can remember things audibly and I have visual recall where I can like have a snapshot image of where something was and I'll know exactly how to find it. And it's like, it's the weirdest bullshit brain I've ever, like, I don't know how to explain it. I'm really good at pattern recognition. Like there's, I love like fractals in nature and I love the concept of, you know, the quantum string theory and I love Robert Grant and I love like physics and I love astrology and I love the sky and I love our energy and frequency. I just fucking love all of it, but I can, I can spread my energy and my focus and my interest and I'll sit there and I'll, I'll look everywhere, but I don't have that ability to keep track of like meaningful things. I should note, like my friends having a baby, I should go to the baby shower or my friends moving. I should get her a homecoming gift. Like I like Kirsten coming home, like this major, major visit. Like she never gets to come up here and she just had a baby and you know, like it's a big deal. Like I, I won't be able to see her probably for another couple of years. So I need to be there. My friend Christopher is moving to Tacoma. Like I may not see him for a few months and, um, like it's important to me. These people are so important to me and I wish I had that ability. So please just know and just bear with me that I do the best that I can. And so to the helpers, thank you, because I've been surrounded by a fucking hellfire of drama and bullshit and just honestly narcissism. This fucking dude, like it's bo- like, so they say it's oppositional defiant disorder, conduct disorder, like based off the stories that his dad has told me to now and in my own personal experiences from teenagehood to adulthood, I've literally watched a person evolve to antisocial personality disorder, which is like basically a sociopath. And that person has been raising my child and I didn't understand because he painted this beautiful picture of how Jake was doing. And it was my kid running away and trying to harm himself and, and finding his living conditions unbearable and it wasn't until I experienced his dad for two weeks here in Oregon. I think it's all, it might have only been a week because they flew on the 21st and what? It's, a, it's the 8th? Yeah. It's only been eight days, guys. <laughs> I've literally experienced Brad for eight days. And that wasn't even a constant stream of time. And that motherfucker shed a lot of light on why I should never have let my child go down there. But I was overwhelmed because I had just got my DUI and I didn't know how to handle this kid. I didn't know what the problem was. I didn't know why he was acting this way. And then I got more information and he had a flashback and like more memories. So it's all, you know, it makes sense now, but it didn't at the time. And I just, I did the best that I could with what I knew. And I, and I thought I was making the right choice. I thought Brad and Robin have more time to give them. You know, naturally, this is the better option. Like, yes, of course, I should definitely, you know, give my kid the best I can give them. And this is, I'm not winning 
at this game of trying to, you know, keep him on lock. I'm not, I'm not like benefiting him as a parent. So I sent him to live in Ohio and it was the hardest decision I'd ever made because, because then on top of it, like, you know, I had to watch my family split up. Like I had to watch my daughter, like miss her brother. And I had to learn to how to be a parent to just one and long-term parent another. And on top of that, dealing with like just being someone who's really bad at phones. Like it was like, I never got to talk to him and he's really bad at phones. So I wonder where he fucking gets it. But, um, yeah, like fast forward in a nutshell today (coughs) was heavy. Brad went bananas and I had to save my kids from the drama and I ran into the shelter of very loving friends who, without question, without hesitation, were there. They said, just just let us find our pants. We're napping. And they're a cute little family who naps in their underpants. Like, they're cute. And I love them. And they're amazing. And they're very good representation of what, like, a loving family should be. And it's not perfect, but they're great. And so this could very well be the longest podcast I've ever given. Because it's about, yeah, it's past 38 minutes, so. When I left Brad, I had, he threw me down in the front of our driveway. And and um, <coughs> he found out I was going to try and leave him. And they called the cops. My neighbors called the cops and they took him to the barracks. Sorry. <coughs> I need a minute. Sorry. Oh, Jesus. I didn't realize this would really affect me. I'm sorry. I got like really bad PTSD from the time that I had with him. And when I first left him, I called my friend Becky. And she showed up in 25 minutes in a fucking mini skirt. She's a bartender at the local bar, you know, in Jacksonville, North Carolina. And she shows up and she's helping me pack all of my shit in the back of her truck. And we're literally moving in the middle of the night. Like I'm grabbing everything I can and we're putting it in garbage bags. And my friend Holly is like, you can come to my house. I'll help you. We can do this. You're going to be okay. And Shannon was there and fucking Erica and like Sarah like we had we called ourselves the freedom angels and I found a really great landlord who is willing to you know rent to me even though I had zero credit because I was like you know 20 years old and um and I just you know Nikki was a solid friend to me at the darkest of hours and, and I just, there are so many people like that in my life who've been there for me, who, and I know I'm leaving people out right now because it's so fucking late and I'm so sleep deprived and I'm bouncing all over the place. But like, I just wanted to take a minute and just be like, look, like I might sit here and talk about how hard my life is, but I am not lacking in those who love me. There's absolutely no lack of individuals who are there for me and strong and supportive. And for that, I'm grateful. There's always going to be helpers. 
There's always going to be a life raft in the fucking dinghy, you know, like the Blaine's. And as much as I'm angry enough to say that I don't talk to her anymore, you know, Brittany Zumwalt and Brandon Zumwalt, those are the two closest people. And I'm so sad I don't have them in my life anymore. And, it, you know, there, there are moments of pause where you look back and you're like, was I right to shut the door? But if I could go back, maybe just to say, like, just to let it go, not even address it, just to let it fade. And I was just more so angry that they had chosen to be friends with someone who, like, openly disrespected me and attacked me as a, as a human. So, yeah, like, look for the fucking helpers. Because when the rubber hits the road, the people will be there. You know, Brent's family has been nothing but amazing. My sisters, my brother, my fucking grandmother and aunt, like, they send love. Like, Zuni up in Alaska, he sends me love still. Like, I just, I feel like I'm surrounded by a bunch of angels. And I don't know how to be, how to express that level of gratitude. So yeah, Brad, fuck you. And to the helpers, I love you all very much. And I really appreciate everything that we've shared together and everything that we will share together. And if you're not in my life anymore, I still fucking love you. Thanks for being my angels because I really needed that. And you've always caught me. All right, this is Kilowatt signing out. 111 AM. Bye.